Maverick News presents The Rip Walker Show Defrag your mind Good evening everyone, I'm Rick Walker Welcome back Maverick family And everyone else tuning in Wherever you might be on this great big blue ball floating in space or flat pancake floating in space, if you prefer. We are going to, in just a moment, I think we're going to go aboard Air Force One live. Joe Biden is on route to Israel. And I think we're going to, I think we'll be able to tap into the feed and share that with you as they conduct some sort of a media scrum or gaggle aboard, aboard the plane. So I'm just trying to get that established for you. Also, tonight, we'll be talking about the explosion, the missile strike on a hospital in Gaza. Who are you going to blame? Hamas or Israel? They're both pointing the finger at each other. It is now a public relations war, an information war, and the stakes are high. Also, at some point, we will be going to Ottawa, where government officials will be providing a technical briefing on the situation in Israel and Palestine. And we have a few other news stories to share with you as well, and uh, a little bit of reminiscing to do on top of that. So... Stick with me. I've got my eye on the ball, and the ball right now is in play. It looks like it's Air Force One. I'll be right back. So while we wait to get that feed established, I'll bring you up to date on the situation with this strike on a Gaza hospital. At least 500 people have been killed in this strike on the Al Ali Arab Hospital in the middle of Gaza City. That's according to the Gaza Health Ministry. 
so this hospital serves or served as a shelter for thousands of residents who fled their homes in northern Gaza. Of course, they were running because they were told to get out and they were running, looking for safety from Israeli airstrikes. So now residents stranded in Gaza are running out of medicine, food, water, electricity. And the Israeli Defense Force has now denied responsibility for the attack. They say a failed launch by a Palestinian Islamic Jihad caused the blast. So in a statement, the IDF says, quote, from the analysis of the operational systems of the IDF, an enemy rocket barrage was carried out towards Israel, which passed in the vicinity of the hospital when it was hit. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says that, and again, these are his words, the barbaric terrorists in Gaza are the ones who attacked the hospital. So those are his, that's his assertion. And again, still waiting for that feed to come through. They should be, they're supposed to be providing that now. They're a few minutes late, but what do you expect from Joe Biden? Um, So, yes, this is uh, now a public relations battle, an information war. And I'm not so sure that Israel is winning this one. I think that they're losing. They're getting hammered on social media over this. Here is here's a, a look at the video. Or a video released by Israel. So this is what they're saying it looked like. And this is them saying, so there's this launch, I guess, and then they're saying this is a Hamas rocket. Who knows? And then it explodes. I don't know if that was some sort of a strike on that if it was a malfunction, and then bam, right there, directly underneath. So Israel is saying that's the video evidence that this was done by Hamas. I honestly, looking at it, don't know what to make of that. I have no, no real professional assessment on that because this is a little bit, just a little bit outside my my wheelhouse. At least, like I, I can't tell where things were fired from. I don't. I can't tell what kind of weapon that really is. I don't know who fired it. I don't know why. I, I don't know. But that's the video that's been released by Israel. Yeah, not good for. It's not good for Israel overall because if you look on social media tonight, they have a big problem, social media problem, a public relations problem. They're not looking good. 
Why do I say that? Well, we'll start right here with today's incident. So here's, <clears throat> excuse me, here's Jackson Hinkle. And of course, he's going to be highly critical of the U.S. Because Israel deleted their fake video claiming to show Hamas rocket striking the Gaza Baptist Hospital. Did they? I have not been able to confirm that yet. And then you see other people saying in various posts that it was Israel that hit the hospital. This guy here, Keith Woods, more proof Israel blew up the hospital. Says the bomb used on the hospital in Gaza appears to be a so-called joint direct attack munition or JDAM which the U.S. has faced criticism for supplying to Israel. Hamas do not control rockets like this. Don't know. And then this guy here, Almog Boker, 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 Boker. I don't know what his name is. Boker. Says the true story, a failed Islamic Jihad rocket launch from Gaza towards Israel hit the hospital in Gaza. They don't only, they don't only kill our children, they also kill their own. And they're showing rocket launch over here. And then a strike there. And then Palestine online. Just with a text post saying, well, a graphic. Today, Israel killed 1,500 Palestinians. Baptist Hospital. I don't know if that's the actual death toll. Another video. And this guy here says that Tomas kills its own children. Another video from another angle. How can I tell who did that? Here's, uh, here's another social media influencer, India Neftali. Palestinian media has falsely reported that Israel bombed a hospital causing 500 casualties. But here's what really happened. Look at this footage. An IDF investigation reports a rocket from the Palestinian Islamic Jihad malfunctioned and struck the hospital in Gaza. Here, you can see the rocket fail. There is more and more video proof like this surfacing now. Palestinian media has falsely... Hmm. Don't know. Here's Tal Schneider. He says Israel did not attack the hospital it was their own rocket shot down or shot by Hamas, failed to reach Israel. All right, so this is what this guy says. Hospital in Gaza. I can confirm, I want to give you an announcement of the event that occurred in the hospital in Gaza. I can confirm that an analysis of the IDF operational systems indicates that a barrage of rockets was fired by terrorists in Gaza, passing in close proximity to the Al Hali Al Maadi hospital in Gaza at the time it was hit. Intelligence from few sources that we have in our hands indicates that the Islamic Jihad is responsible for the failed rocket launch which hit the hospital in Gaza. I repeat, this is the responsibility of Islamic Jihad that killed innocents in the hospital in Gaza. I want to give you an... Okay. 
So it is a, you know, war of words, war of pictures, war of video. What else do we have on this? Well, you're certainly getting the picture, right? Here's a giant protest in Turkey. need to check on something that Leo just sent me. Looks like we might have a breaking news story here. So let me just take a quick 30 second break. We'll like queue up whatever it is that we need to find out about. Hang on. I'll be right back. Greetings, brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others. Out. Of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals. individuals. Defenders of individual rights and freedoms. Credible. Trusted. Grounded in reality. Maverick News. Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow, maybe too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. So we do have, and I don't want to make too much of this because these kinds of things often turn out to be more often than not false alarms or false alerts. But there is the subway in Toronto has been evacuated because of a bomb scare. So here's a, a statement from Toronto police 
saying a police investigation, St. Patrick's Station. Police are on scene and investigating reports of a bomb threat. St. Patrick's Subway Station has been evacuated. Please avoid the area. So we have that. So what do we know about it so far? Um, so we know that uh, there were, were, was a report of a bomb threat. This is downtown, TTC Subway. Um, TTC is saying in a series of tweets tonight that there is no service now between St. Patrick and Union stations. Trains are being turned back at St. Andrew and Spadina Station as of this hour. And um, in a statement from the TTC, we know that customers south of Bloor traveling north on University Line may take 510 streetcar from Union to Spadina, then transfer to Line 1 trains. So, again, we do have police on the scene there, and um, they are asking people to avoid that area while they conduct an investigation. And they're trying to keep people safe. What else can I tell you about this? I don't think we know much more at this point. Um, I think we have, I don't know if we have video here yet or not. No. No video yet. Not that I'm seeing. Just a few still shots. So here, I'll show you that. Yep. So that's what's going on there tonight. Let's see if we have... Uh, they are late with this feed from the White House. Maybe we won't get it. I don't know. It's, they're 12 minutes behind now. Everything feels so weird. It really, it, it really does. Nothing feels normal. Nothing feels right. No wonder, you know, you, you, everything is just, um, I don't know, you, you, you can't tell what's real anymore. Even this attack on the hospital in Gaza, each side accusing the other of doing it, and for obvious reasons. Who wants to be accused of bombing a hospital? Who wants to, who wants to wear that? This is public relations. This is something I think Israel is losing. They're losing on that, that front. You know, it's... Uh, I, we're, we pick sides. I've noticed that uh, the narrative on the one side is that Israel, well, it wasn't a false flag, but Israel let it happen in sort of a stand-down operation. And this is what I said, you know, when people were first referring to the Hamas attack as Israel's 9-11, I said, no. That doesn't fit. It's more like 
Israel's Pearl Harbor. Of course, the story is that the U.S., the president, let the Japanese attack Pearl Harbor so that the U.S. had justification to get into World War II. Is that true? Did he really let that happen? I don't know. I don't know whether I should believe that story or not. Well, on the one side you have, I would say it's the, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a, the usual group of journalists who sort of take positions together. I'd say they're sort of on the, well, in this case, they're definitely on the side of the Palestinians. Let's put it that way. And they're going pretty hard on this idea that Israel allowed this to happen or, yeah, let it in some sort of a stand-down operation. And then, of course, they, those same journalists are going hard on Israel for its war crimes in this conflict. But you see, to make that really work, you really do need to figure out a way to have Israel accept the blame for both the attack on its own country and the subsequent counterattack now underway in Gaza. You see, if you can shift the blame from Hamas for the acts that it committed to Israel by saying, oh, Israel just let it happen. Now Israel is guilty for all of it. Or if you say that Israel is just an occupier and therefore, right, from that perspective, again, Israel is responsible for the attacks on itself and the subsequent counterattacks. Israel takes all the blame. The Palestinians blame free. This is the way it's being spun. Is it true? I couldn't tell you. I haven't seen any real evidence to support that. It's just theories, ideas. Maybe it's so. Maybe it's not. Brutal attack, savage in, uh, in terms of the emotions behind it. You can tell. Exaggerations in the storytelling? Oh, you bet. As illustrated in that 40 beheaded babies story, which appears to have been a fabrication. But there has been Similar propaganda coming from the other side as well. So both sides are engaging and both sides are committing crimes against humanity, really. War crimes, both sides. That is, I think, the real truth here. But deflect, deflect, deflect if you can. And then this video that we're showing you tonight, like, we, we, I don't know. What do you make of that? I have no idea what to make of it. 
Yeah, they've shifted the the time forward on this uh, this feed with Biden. So we'll be picking that up in a few minutes. But we're on it. We'll get it for you. If it comes through, we'll get it for you. If available, we will have it. And it appears it will be. So... Interesting. I don't know if I want to show you that or not. I don't know. I need to assess that more. I don't know about that either. I want some verification on that. And <clears throat> yeah, and that video that I guess was apparently released by Israel. You know, it's making the rounds and it's undergoing a lot of scrutiny tonight. With a lot of people trying to uh, debunk it, if it is indeed not true. Don't know. Let's see here. All right. How about a clip from Benjamin Netanyahu? Let's hear what he has to say. And here we go. Hamas are the new Nazis. Hamas is ISIS, in some instances, worse than ISIS. And just as the world united to defeat the Nazis, just as the world united to defeat ISIS, the world has to stand united behind Israel to defeat Hamas. This is a part of an axis of evil of Iran and Hezbollah and Hamas. Their goal, open goal, is to eradicate the state of Israel. The open goal of Hamas is to kill as many Jews as they could, and the only difference is they would have killed every last one of us, murdered every last one of us, if they could. They just don't have the capacity, but they murdered an extraordinary 1,300 civilians, which in American terms is like many, many, many 9-11s. So obviously we must take action to defeat Hamas and to ensure that this doesn't happen again. But this is not only our battle, it is our common battle, the battle of civilization against barbarism. Uh, and if it's not stopped here, this savagery will reach you very soon and reach the entire world. Just to be accurate, just under 3,000 people died in 9-11. I think the, uh, the count now is up to 2,977. Okay, let's check this uh, this feed. Do we have it yet? Almost. Let's take a quick break. Might be ready on the other side of this. Don't go away. 
I'm still with you. I'm still here. I'll be right back. Hello, world. Are you awake? Uniting humankind by liberating millions of minds at a time. Maverick News. The world is watching. Okay. Still waiting for the feed. Maybe within the next minute or two, we might have it. Sorry, I have no control over it. I just know it's coming. It's coming. They're going to do it. They mean it. Also, I'm going to run this. I Should I run it? I'll run it because we're talking about fake news. Here, let's just watch this. First one is of a supposed Hamas attack. It was shared. Let's start our next story with some pictures. Pictures and videos that have gone viral. The first one is of a supposed Hamas attack. It was shared widely on social media. People called it an air assault on Israel. Turned out it was footage from a video game. The second video is this one. It's a video from TikTok. It shows paragliders crossing a boundary. Social media called it the visuals of the Hamas attack. Turned out the visuals were from Egypt. And they were shot sometime last year. But in the last few days, these pictures have been shared more than 900,000 times. The third video is of a rocket attack. It shows a salvo of rockets being fired. Social media claims these are Hamas rockets. They say the rockets are being fired at Tel Aviv. The video turned out to be an old one, and it wasn't even from Gaza. It was from Syria a few years ago. The fourth and last piece is from the world of football. And this one's been widely shared. Here is what it claims. Football superstar Ronaldo is holding a Palestinian flag and he's sh showing solidarity with Palestine. The truth is, this isn't even Ronaldo. This is a photo of a Moroccan footballer. He's called Jawad El Yami. And this is a photo from last year. It was taken during the 2022 World Cup. So I've shown you four examples. I could come up with many more. But you get the idea. Fake news is more rampant than bomb sirens in Israel and more damaging than the missiles landing on Gaza. This war is being fought on the digital battleground too. It is flush with misinformation and this is not a first. It happened in 2021 during the Gaza war. It happened again in 2022 during the Ukraine war and it still happens. And now we are seeing the same story play out in Israel, although on a much larger scale. Fake stories and photos are circulating on social media sites, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, X, you name it, and they have fake news. And the last one, X, 
seems to be particularly problematic. X was formerly known as Twitter. Elon Musk bought it last year. He renamed the platform. He fired half the staff. He also sold verified blue ticks for $8. And that is leading to a problem now. I'll explain why. While fake news on any platform is dangerous, it is especially so on Twitter. Because for a decade, Twitter had become the source of news for the world. Leaders made announcements here. Government shared information here. Verified accounts gave updates here. You trusted that blue check mark on Twitter. Twitter gave you access to real-time information anywhere in the world. It promoted posts of journalists and fact-checkers. But all of that has changed now. You can buy verification. And if you've paid money, it doesn't matter what you post. The platform will promote it. Also, Elon Musk has fired most of the fact-checking staff. So fake news abounds. It is dangerous in the best of times. It can be deadly during a war. Wrong pictures can be used to craft narratives, to inflame passions, and to misinform. So Europe has now issued a warning to Elon Musk. It's about the fake news spreading on X. The European Union wants Musk to respond in 24 hours. They say failure to comply with EU regulations will result in a fine. How much money are we talking about? Some 6% of X's annual revenue. Although this is not just about money, this is a much larger issue. Fake news spreads fast, faster than facts. Misinformation can travel across the globe in seconds, and social media platforms have a responsibility here to actively remove fake news. But I must say the responsibility does not end with them. It applies to all of us, to you and me. So think before you believe, verify before you share, before you hit that forward button. Because your actions have consequences, and when there's a war, those consequences are often grave. Remember, as technology evolves, so does the war for truth. It is up to each one of us, each and every one of us, to pursue that truth. Yeah. Absolutely. But is fake news freedom of expression? Should we be actively deleting it or not? Is it a violation of free speech to remove a video that is fake, an obvious misrepresentation? Should we do that? What if it's just a mistake? Should it be removed? Should there be penalties associated with that? Or does it, should it be anything goes? Check the chat. And I have to tell you, it looks like that feed is not going to come in with Joe Biden. At least not for another hour. If it comes in at all. Something has gone wrong. At least it appears that way. I'll keep an eye on it. If they get a feed established, we'll bring it to you. But yeah, fake news, fake video. There's all sorts of it out there, all kinds. And a lot of it is designed to mislead. Complete fabrications or recycling old footage, as you've seen there, from... Other countries, not even where the conflict is taking place. And while we're at it, I have to thank Lori because she pointed out that the thumbnail 
that I created for last night's show was not um, presented in proper context. The, uh, the image of the young person, obviously malnourished, for the thumbnail discussing the Holodomor in 1932-33 in Ukraine. Uh, that image, I found that, I took that from a social media site. And there was no, um, no information about it. It was just part of a collection of photos. And it was on a site about Ukraine history. And I made an error because it was from the 1920s, not which, at which time there was an, a previous famine. And it wasn't from the 32, 33 a famine. So I have corrected that and it has been replaced with a different thumbnail. And uh, yeah, I want to be accurate. So I stand corrected. And that photo, I guess, was um, because there was no real text associated with it. Um, it was as part of a social media site where they looked at U Ukraine in a broader historical context. So it was not my intention to present that in an inaccurate way. In addition to that, I reached out to the Holodomor Research and Education Center today and uh, asked them about it just to make sure. And... Uh, yeah, you know, they um, they said, yeah, it's not fake. It's just from the 1920s. And because so much, um, I guess, uh, attention has been focused on the use of photos from that era and so much criticism from the Russian side directed at... Uh, the victims of the Holodomor and the historians, the uh, HRAC, Holodomor Research and Education Center, they actually hired a, uh, a historian and an expert in photographs to conduct a catalog process where they've gone through exhaustive efforts to verify the authenticity and time of uh, a variety of photos that finally became available in the mid-1980s after the fall of the Iron Curtain and the Berlin Wall. And, uh, and the censorship that had suppressed so much information over the years was finally lifted and so much documentation finally in the 1980s came out. Before that, it was like forbidden to even talk about it. There have actually been laws in place in Russia preventing people from talking about the Holodomor. And uh, that's why it took so long for a lot of the information to come out. Now, a lot of people talked about it before then, especially people in Ukraine and people 
Ukrainians who emigrated to other countries. But you're getting the picture. A lot of the information, all of it really, was being suppressed. And a lot of the, uh, the history was destroyed. Which is why the, the work of the uh, REC Center is so important to so many people. So I hope that helps you. And I, I do apologize for that error. But uh, in any event, it's corrected. And um, just one of those things that happens. Not intentional. It was a visual representation of what happened just from the wrong decade or not even, well, it was the wrong decade, but just from, you know, a few years prior. And we do want to be accurate. Let me take a quick break and I shall return. Don't go away. Moderating today's press conference, we have with us on the dais today Alexandre Levesque, the Assistant Deputy Minister of Europe. Okay, we're after Ottawa. Maghreb, Julie Sunday, Assistant Deputy Minister, Consular Security and Emergency this Management. This is a technical briefing Vice from the Canadian Bob government. Commander of CJOC, as well as Jennifer McIntyre, the Assistant Deputy Minister for International Israel Affairs and Crisis Response at IRCC, and Patrick Boucher, Senior Assistant Deputy Minister, National and Security Cyber Branch. Um, I believe you have a few opening remarks, and then we will open up the room for questions. So, over to you. Merci beaucoup, Madame la Médiatrice, Messieurs, Dames des Médias. A lot of this, a lot of activity has taken place since uh, Sunday. Uh, first of all, Minister Jolie has returned to Canada following her visit to the region, where she met with key counterparts and leaders from international organizations. Minister Hussein has also had phone calls with USAID Administrator Samantha Power and development partner organizations to discuss the humanitarian situation. Canadian ministers will continue to engage international partners and governments in the region to address the ongoing situation. Prime Minister Trudeau is also engaging extensively on this crisis. Yesterday, the Prime Minister had phone calls with the President of Egypt and the Emir of Qatar. Prime Minister underscored the need to protect civilian life and to prevent escalation in the region. À Gaza, il est impératif que l'aide humanitaire puisse atteindre les civils dans le besoin. La population a un accès très limité aux produits et services de première nécessité. Nous continuons à suivre, à suivre la situation de près et appelons toutes les parties à respecter le droit humanitaire international et à mettre de l'avant les conditions qui permettront l'entrée d'aide humanitaire à Gaza. L'ambassade du Canada en Israël et notre bureau de représentation à Ramallah restent ouverts. Si, si nous avons évacué certaines personnes à charge de notre personnel canadien, j'aimerais aussi clarifier que nous avons renforcé nos missions 
à Tel Aviv et à Ramallah avec du personnel et des ressources vers ma collègue Julie Sunday qui va fournir plus de détails sur la réponse consulaire du Canada. We know that hundreds have been killed there in that airstrike. Uh, today, I'll once again provide updates on consular services provided and assisted departures. Global Affairs Canada is providing support to six Canadian families following deaths of their family members in current hostilities, as well as to the families of two other Canadians who are reported missing. But we don't really know, sure, who is responsible, Israel or Hamas. I truly do not know. And we do know that Biden is supposed to have a meeting, supposed to attend a summit tomorrow. Jordan has now canceled. Will not be meeting with Biden. He was supposed to meet with Jordan's King Abdullah, Egypt's president, uh, Palestinian Authority president, Mahmoud Abbas. But, but Jordan's foreign minister says that um, King Abdullah we are also working tirelessly to secure a window for Canadians to exit. Yeah, the Jordanian leader is not going to be participating. The UN and governments in the region. We are continuing to communicate directly with Canadians. So Abbas was scheduled to join King Abdullah II and Sisi at the summit. We are facing extremely difficult conditions. And I'll just let this roll here. We are giving them the latest information and advising them that we're working to secure an opening of the Rafa crossing for Canadians and that they should be ready to take advantage of any window for a safe exit. Our mission in Cairo is also working with Egyptian authorities to ensure that if they are able to cross at Rafa, Canadians will be transported to Cairo and onward for travel to Canada. For the assisted departure options from the West Bank, as was shared by Minister Jolie yesterday, on October 16th, we successfully assisted the departure of 21 Canadians from the West Bank who were taken by bus to Jordan. Our mission in Ramallah is in direct contact with the other Canadians in the West Bank who are seeking, to support, seeking support to leave. We will be conducting further assisted departures as needed. We sent out a ROCA message yesterday asking people to get in contact with us urgently if they require assistance. We also called our entire list of affected persons and were only able to get in contact with a handful of individuals. If you are in the West Bank and you need assistance to leave, please be in touch with us urgently and provide your details. Thanks. I'll be pleased to answer any questions. Okay, merci, Julie. Bonjour, je suis le chef des opérations des forces armées canadiennes. Aujourd'hui, je, euh, je vais faire une brève mise à jour sur nos opérations afin de soutenir euh, l'affaire mondiale au Canada. 
the Canadian Armed Forces air bridge between Israel and Greece continues, and we are continuing to work with Global Affairs Canada to assess demand. There were two flights today, and two are scheduled for tomorrow. Concurrently, the Canadian Armed Forces are conducting planning and liaison with our Global Affairs colleagues and allies. At the same time, posturing personnel to support contingency operation in the region. Speaking to the Airbridge, last week in response to requests for federal assistance from Global Affairs Canada, Canadian Armed Forces began supporting the repatriation of Canadians from Israel on our Airbus aircraft. Under uh, Operation Ion, the Canadian Armed Forces have been conducting assisted departure flights of passengers from Ben Gurion Airport uh, in Tel Aviv to Athens, Greece since 12 October. As Julie has noted today, total of 12 trips so far with over almost uh, 1,400 passengers repatriated from Israel to Athens. Aujourd'hui, les forces armées canadiennes ont effectué deux vols vers Tel Aviv en et demain. Il y aura deux vols encore uh, planifiés. Speaking to our uh, Canadian Armed Forces presence in the region, in addition to working with our global affairs counterparts in supporting assisted departure flights, the Canadian Armed Forces have, have also been sending additional personnel to the region to consider and plan for contingency operations in support of Global Affairs Canada and the Government of Canada. To affect command and control of the ongoing efforts in the Middle East, I have directed the stand-up of a task force headquarters based in Cyprus. This task force headquarters now numbers approximately 43 personnel and includes liaison and planning officers located across the region in Cyprus, Greece, and Israel. And importantly, uh, the Canadian Armed Forces personnel, as well as members of Global Affairs Canada, are integrated into the Cyprus-based, UK-led, multinational non-combatant evacuation uh, Operations Coordination Center, or the NEOC. Here, like-minded allies are co-locating co to consider, to coordinate, and to plan for contingency operations in the event of continued or increased conflict in the region. Okay, with that, we will go to the floor for questions. That's one question, one follow-up from the floor. If we have time, we'll move to questions online. I believe our guests can stay until 4 p.m. today, is what I was told. Uh, so we'll begin with Catherine Morrison, the Ottawa Citizen. Hi, thanks so much for your time today. Um, I'm just wondering, following the evacuation of some non-essential staff from missions in Ramallah and Tel Aviv, can you share how many additional staff have been brought in from other Canadian embassies to support the missions as per your update last night? And um, now that you're brought in, are the 20 members from the Standing Rapid Deployment Team still on the ground as well? So I'll start with that. In terms of additional staff, we have 25 additional um, Standing Rapid Deployment Team members that we've deployed across the region. Um, we have approximately 10 of those um, who are focused right now uh, on Ramallah and, um, and Tel Aviv. We have others in Amman, uh, in Cairo, uh, and in Beirut, so, and Athens. And, uh, and those are, those staff are, are, they have very specialized expertise and they're bolstering our resources there. Alors, uh, nous avons 25 membres de notre, um, uh, notre équipe uh, spécialisée pour des crises uh, qui est dans la région. Uh, il y a uh, à peu près 10 uh, personnes en um, Tel Aviv et Ramallah, et puis ensuite une autre uh, 15 uh, à Athens, à, à, à Be Beirut, um, à, à aussi à, 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 en Égypte, Alors, uh, et puis aussi la Jordanie, oui. Uh, alors, ils sont là pour, uh, pour uh, prêter leur, leur expertise, uh, Pour gérer des Merci. Simply add that uh, it's really mostly um, dependents, families that have been evacuated. Uh, a very, very small uh, number of uh, non-essential staff have, have left, uh, one, maybe two. 
um, and the vast majority of, of the input, as my colleague said, of the intake into the region is people with uh, special, specialized expertise. Okay, thank you. And uh, it was also reported yesterday that after the first bus evacuation, um, Israeli authorities imposed new restrictions on diplomatic movements at the Jordanian border, with one of those being to prohibit diplomats from accompanying evacuation buses. I'm just wondering if you can confirm that and uh, if you can share how many diplomats were a part of the bus evacuation and what the plan will be for these evacuations going forward, considering those restrictions. I'll just perhaps address the, the first part of your uh, of your question and pass it to my, my colleague for the evacuation. Look, the, the conversations are ongoing. Negotiations are on the ground between our embassies, and we have multiple missions here, uh, one in, in Ramallah, one in Tel Aviv, responsible for the movement in and out of the, of the West Bank uh, and, and from the West Bank into Jordan. So the situation is very fluid. What I can tell you is that our ambassador is, is engaging, our ambassador in Israel is engaging the Israeli government to facilitate the movement and make sure that our diplomats can accompany as far as possible the, uh, the evacuees. Uh, and same thing on the other side. Our, our, our ambassador and staff in Jordan are meeting them at the border and are negotiating how to maximize access with Jordanian authorities. Yeah, and I, I don't have a specific number for our diplomatic staff. There were staff on both sides, so on uh, on the Israel side and also on the uh, Jordanian side. Um, and I would just say that, you know, again, the situation is very fluid. Um, we were really pleased. Um, uh, this was a bus um, with Kansits um, and also some Australians on it. Uh, it was a success. Um, and so we are taking away, uh, you know, our lessons learned and... Uh, planning it out. But as um, as mentioned before, of course, we need full cooperation of local authorities on both sides, including Israel and Jordan. So we continue to engage to, to be able to assist more departures. Valérie? Qu'est-ce qui fait que vous avez autant de difficultés à être en mesure d'évacuer les gens qui sont à Gaza? Qu'est-ce qui achoppe? Qu'est-ce qui bloque spécifiquement? Je ne dirais pas qu'il y a une grande difficulté à, à faire sortir des, des gens de Gaza. Euh, euh, il y a une demande et ma, ma, ma collègue va pouvoir donner un, un peu un meilleur dé sur les, les chiffres de personnes qui, qui ont effectué la demande. Euh, un, c'est une zone dans laquelle il est très difficile de communiquer avec des Canadiens qui souhaitent de l'assistance. Euh, et, et, et deux, évidemment, juste les, les, les complexités de voyager dans une zone qui est essentiellement en guerre. L'Israël, en ce moment, euh, est un pays qui, qui a déclaré la guerre. Euh, mais sinon, on a quand même réussi à accompagner, je crois, 18 Canadiens euh, euh, pour l'exécution. Pardon, est-ce que vous avez dit Gaza ou la... Gaza. Gaza. Je suis absolument désolé, j'ai enregistré la Cisjordanie. Je m'excuse. Oui. Yeah, so we do know there's still missing Canadians, and Trudeau did acknowledge today that some of them may be among the 199 hostages taken by Hamas. Pardon. D'accord. Uh, oui, donc, <laughs> mes excuses, je reprends avec ayant Gaza à l'esprit, non pas la They're not commenting on it today, uh, though, écoutez, because... Uh, Gaza est, est complètement fermé en ce moment. Because they're sait, afraid um, that uh, any comment might potentially endanger the lives of the hostages. L'Israël et l'Égypte essayent, avec le soutien de plusieurs autres pays, y compris les États-Unis, 
de créer un corridor qui fera en sorte que les êtres humains qui essayent de sortir de Gaza peuvent le faire en sécurité. C'est une zone de guerre, c'est une zone euh, extrêmement dangereuse. Le point de passage a également été euh, bombardé, donc on sait qu'il y a euh, un énorme danger pour les individus, pour leur sécurité. Mais ce qu'on trouve encourageant, c'est qu'on semble se rapprocher d'une solution diplomatique qui permettrait de faciliter un corridor humanitaire. Yeah. Uh, sure. So, uh, as I said, uh, Gaza is currently completely closed. Um, we know that the negotiations are taking place between Israel, Egypt, a number of other countries are involved in creating the safe conditions for an evacuation of foreign nationals. Um, we know how dangerous the situation is inside Gaza. We know that the uh, crossing point has also been uh, damaged through to, due to attacks and bombing. So creating an exit point that is relatively safe for people needs to be negotiated and guarantees have to be to be put in place. And that's what the, the current diplomatic negotiations are all about. We are somewhat encouraged by the fact that we seem to be getting a little bit closer to this. But of course, uh, it's not yet a done deal. So, and I can just add a few specifics on the numbers. So we We still have 370 uh, individuals in Gaza who we uh, are considering affected persons. Um, we are uh, similar to what the U.S. is messaging, um, advising people to take, um, you know, every precaution, um, but that the window uh, to leave will likely be short, um, and um, and that we will be communicating that with them, that we are working to uh, negotiate uh, for there to be an opening. Uh, of the Rafa Gate, we are also um, like very much negotiating to ensure that um, all Canada entitled persons are able to leave. So this includes Canadian citizens, permanent residents, and their family members. Um, you know, uh, we're quite encouraged, I, I think, um, in the discussions that are happening there um, and are very hopeful um, that family members will be included in that exit. Um, and I would also say that our mission in Cairo is ready to move uh, to be able to receive those individuals. So all of that planning has taken place. Uh, but as my colleague Alexandre said, this needs a diplomatic solution. Nobody has left Gaza. Not a single person has left Gaza. And that is, um, you know, something that is very preoccupying uh, for all of us. Lumière de ce qui s'est passé plus tôt aujourd'hui à Gaza, le bombardement d'un hôpital. Vous réagissez comment, euh, que ce soit pour euh, les Palestiniens, que ce soit pour les Canadiens qui sont encore là. Euh, et vous avez parlé de la présence des forces armées canadiennes à Chypre. Euh, comment est-ce que vous, vous entrevoyez la suite avec ce que vous devez faire ou pourrez faire? D'abord, notre, notre réaction est une euh, de, de grande tristesse, de grande préoccupation. Euh, je ne peux que réitérer ce que le premier ministre a dit euh, dans la dernière heure, euh, indiquant le sentiment que ce qui s'est passé à Gaza aujourd'hui euh, est, est horrible et absolument inacceptable, euh, que le droit international humanitaire doit absolument être respecté de tous les côtés euh, et que les civils doivent absolument être protégés. 
Et merci. Et euh, présentement, il y a plus de 100 membres des Forces armées canadiennes qui soutiennent la mission Alpine. I also saw reports today that Israel is asking the United States for 10 billion dollars in aid. Avec nos alliés, chip avec nos alliés. Um, les membres de la première division canadienne de Kingston, mais c'est une, une équipe de liaisons et uh, reconnaissance et qui, et qui travaille avec nos alliés et, et aussi avec uh, des fermes mondiales et nos alliés à, à Chip uh, afin de planifier And Hamas has released video footage of a hostage for the first time. Hi. Um... Just to circle back to the reports of the airstrike on the hospital, um, can you tell us what information Canada has about uh, what happened there and whether you have inquired or whether you have any information if there are Canadian uh, Palestinian residents, patients or medical personnel among the victims? So I'll take the first one and then pass to Alexandre. But I mean, we're very um, distressed by the report on the, uh, of the uh, impact on that hospital. I do not have any reported deaths at this time, um, but that can change at any moment given um, given the the ongoing conflict and the impact on Gaza. Well, yeah, we, we don't yet have any more specificity. Uh, this is very fresh information. We're actively validating the facts on the ground. Well, it's interesting you say you're validating the facts since the Prime Minister's already commented on it. Um, but uh, if you could also then just um, talk about how you see the conflict more broadly. You talk about contingency planning that Canada's doing and the warnings to people in Lebanon, Canadians in Lebanon, are to basically get out now. So I'd like to understand a little bit more about how you see this um, escalating and what Canada is prepared to do in the event of a broader conflict, including in Lebanon. Are you prepared to do assisted departures? Are you actively planning for that kind of thing? Are you planning for any Canadian forces involvement in any capacity uh, in any of that region? Perhaps on, on the conflict uh, uh, first, and then I'll pass on to my colleagues. Um, look, the situation is obviously very volatile. Uh, very fraught with high risk and the best way to uh, prevent problems is of course to prepare for them. A number of actors on the ground uh, have already called for uh, attacks, counter-attacks. We've seen um, Hezbollah uh, weigh in, um, put in its own red lines and that's precisely what so much of the diplomatic efforts have been about in the past week, week and a half. Uh, conversations that both the Prime Minister and Minister Jolie have had uh, with actors in the region, all of them are calling for de-escalation. So this is all in, in, in the hope that things can be prevented from, uh, from, from spilling over in the rest of, of the region. But of course, in order to face uh, the, uh, the unexpected preparations are ongoing. Oui, uh, très bien. Uh, je disais simplement que le risque est, est très élevé, les, les tensions sont très élevées, euh, pas juste à Gaza, en Israël, en Cisjordanie, mais partout dans la région. On sait qu'il y a eu un échange, plusieurs échanges de feu euh, sur la frontière nord d'Israël, la frontière sud du Liban, euh, entre les positions israéliennes et les positions euh, de Hezbollah. 
Donc, le risque de, de débordement régional existe. C'est précisément pourquoi tant de pays sont euh, très investis dans des euh, conversations diplomatiques. Euh, C'est la raison pour laquelle... So Canada has also committed Jolie, $10 million dollars to address urgent needs in the region. Pour, pour euh, désescaler la situation, mais évidemment... Face au risque, il faut être prêt. C'est pour ça que nous prenons les mesures nécessaires. Drop in the bucket, especially when compared what has been sent to Ukraine. I think, um, you know, we're obviously concerned about escalation. Uh, one miscalculation, we don't want this to escalate into a regional conflict. Obviously, our concern uh, from the government of Canada. Uh, and I think you're talking about a non-combatant evacuation operation. It's important to note that NEOs are uh, obviously complex and fluid in nature. Um, to be carefully coordinated with partner organizations under Global Affairs Canada lead, obviously working with Global Affairs, Canadian Armed Forces, and our allies. And, and that's what, you know, the, you would expect us to be preparing for this and when we are. So in terms of, you know, we, as I've mentioned earlier, we deployed uh, liaison reconnaissance teams forward into Cyprus to work with uh, Global Affairs Canada, as well as our allies and partners in the region. So I have a team of over 40 at this time. Um, and they're deployed in Cyprus, Greece, and Israel. Uh, you're seeing that as, as we speak. Obviously, considering preliminary movements of, uh, including forward elements of our non-combatant evacuation battalion uh, that is uh, on standby, the vanguard or lead elements of that are preparing to move as we speak into, into Cyprus so that we're prepared in the event of contingencies to be able to support Global Affairs Canada if there's a request to support a non-combatant evacuation broader from the region. But maybe I can comment yeah. on where we're at right yeah. now. Like right now, we are watching the situation with concern. We are giving advice to Canadians so that they can make decisions uh, around um, whether or not to leave Lebanon. We have said that from our perspective, individuals uh, should only be there for essential reasons. Why? Because we are concerned there could be a deterioration. And if there one is that we would have to be able to do that assisted departure. And the best advice we can give Canadians right now is to um, take actions to, to prevent themselves being in a situation that could deteriorate rapidly. So um, that is why we're emphasizing the importance uh, of the travel advice. It's crucial that Canadians watch that. That's why we're pushing messaging out on, on our ROCA. Uh, and are giving very specific advice about, um, you know, specifically uh, to avoid that southern region uh, on the border with Israel. So um, obviously we always plan. Uh, we also work closely with our multinational partners uh, in this part of the world uh, to ensure that we're aligned and, and you know, we're, we're all sort of in the same space. And I would say our travel advice is very much in line with our allies right now, uh, all of whom are concerned, but you know, signaling to their citizens that it's it's time to kind of look at your circumstances and determine whether uh, now might be the right moment to leave. Uh, we'll go to Tom next, just to note, we only have five minutes left for questions. So just flagging that. For yeah, I'll be quick. I, I, as, I'm just trying to think, how would that compare I mean, getting people out, uh, getting civilians out of Lebanon? Uh, I mean, I guess you, it's hard to predict, but how would it compare to getting them out of Tel Aviv? Is it a more challenging operation? I think part of the challenge uh, is the number of Canadians in Lebanon. So as I've mentioned, our, our ROCA right now is at about 14,500. So that's probably a fraction of the Canadians who are there. 
There's so many. Can I, I mean, so I mean, there's quantity. There's the the you know there's numbers. Uh, there's complexity, uh, depending on how quickly the you know a situation deteriorates, um, how permissive the environment is. Um, you know, whether the airport is functioning. There's a whole ton of considerations that we work on with our partners uh, at CAF. Ships in, for example, or are you or are you just doing tabletop exercises? We are not sending ships right now. But just to echo what Julie said, Julie nailed it there. There's several complicating factors in the region. Obviously, that's why we put people forward to make sure we're planning this. We're obviously working with the embassy and working with the global affairs staff forward to make sure that we're prepared to do so. But you've highlighted it is incredibly complex. And I think Julie has highlighted that fact, you know, moving out of an area that's already and has some regional instability and a, an operation this size, given the size of the ROCA and Lebanon, it will be extremely complex. That's why we're planning with our partners. But it's also why we're advising Canadians the way we are right now. Yeah, absolutely. One other question on the Rafa gate. I thought I heard one of you say something about indicate some reason for optimism. I think that I'm paraphrasing someone up there. Is, is there any are there any indications you have right now that the Rafa that that Gaza might the situation in Gaza might open up a little bit to get Canadians out? We continue to be um, hopeful and optimistic uh, day after day because we know that there's a considerable amount of diplomatic activity with a number of regional players and we have been among those weighing in uh, to, to, to create as much goodwill as possible to create a safe uh, as safe as possible the conditions to uh, to, uh, to to evacuate so we're, we're we're hopeful that we're getting closer to that by the day by the hour but have you heard anything specific from any actor there that this might get better nothing specific that I can share at this point no uh, yeah, Mackenzie Gray with Global News. Can we just get the fresh numbers on people who want out of Israel and, and the West Bank as well? And, and Ms. Sunday, on, on both of those uh, examples in your opening remarks, you're saying uh, if you have a flight out of Israel, show up. Uh, and if we're calling you in the West Bank, pick your phone up. Are, are people not coming to the flights? Do people not show up in the West Bank? You know, it seems to be a disconnect there. So, yeah, so let me sort of go through this a little bit. So in Israel, in terms of our affected persons, um, our list has gone down by a thousand. So we have around 1,800 individuals. Um, we have had cases of individuals being you know, offered flights and not showing up. What I would say is I think the situation's complex. I think you know, people are making really difficult decisions right now. Many have longstanding ties uh, in Israel. Um, but what I would say is we have offered 1,800 seats on flights in the past six days. And um, as I mentioned, around 1,350 of those have been, um, you know, have, have had a person in them. Uh, and so that's sort of, you know, we're, we're looking at gauging what the need is. But as I've said, you know, they, we can't assume that this will go on indefinitely because of A, the security situation, but B, um, you know, that initial sort of um, lack of commercial air access um, as you know many tourists and others were trying to leave seems to be diminishing and there seems to be more commercial access though it is restricted and again no north american carriers are flying in so we're watching that west bank i have 127 affected persons so that has gone down um, and again these are individuals um, many of them with you know family members who are non-canadian or, or larger families who wouldn't qualify um, for an assisted departure. Um, and so right now we are reaching out to all 127. Again, we called last night. It, I think in that case, it's a matter of the, the, um, 
the phone lines not being stable right now, which is why we sent a ROCA message out yesterday. So that is like a push um, to email so that individuals new to contact us um, either through email or through the phone um, so that we can keep track of what their needs are. So we're going to continue to follow up with that group to be able to support them. Uh, and again, we have, um, we, you know, reached a handful of people last night uh, and we have um, very small numbers who would be looking for a departure in the next day um, and, uh, and in the coming days. So we're looking at uh, how do we do that effectively. Um, but of course, we are, you know, we are there uh, if people would like to be in contact with us and we hope they will reach out uh, if they require assistance so that we can uh, we can um, plan to be able to assist them. Um, and then in Gaza, I, I already mentioned we have 370. Thanks. Uh, just on getting humanitarian aid into Gaza, I think it's one of the only things there seems to be some kind of an agreement on that there's a very bad situation going in Gaza and that there's help that can get in there. From the Canadian government's perspective, what is holding up getting aid into Gaza? Um, Again, these are just very complex, multi-level, multilateral negotiations involving several players. We're among those that are leaning forward and doing everything we can to add our voices to facilitate uh, the, the entry of humanitarian assistance into, into Gaza. Yeah, just multi-level complexity. you mentioned on West Bank, is it not a busload full? Like you've done one busload at a West Bank, but you don't right have Right now, enough? I don't have another busload I could mm -hmm. I could put together. <laughs> um, we certainly have uh, individuals who've identified themselves and we are looking to support them as quickly as possible. Um, and again, we have communicated uh, that we are there to help assist departures. Alors, maintenant, nous avons pas beaucoup de, de, de personnes qui sont intéressées à, à partir du... Um, uh, um, okay, I think we're, uh, we're in good shape here. They're wrapping up. So, stay with me. More on the other side of this. The New World Order. Government overreach. The Great Reset. Mainstream media lies. Now more than ever. Independent voices are needed. Donate now at freedomreporters.com. That's freedomreporters.com. Maverick News. The antivirus program for your mind.
So here's a difficult decision to make. Hamas has released video of a hostage. It is available. I'm not sure if we should run it. You know, it's considered a war crime to show video or videotape or present to the world a prisoner of war. I'm not sure how that law, that international law, applies in this case because of the kind of organization that Hamas is. I'm going to throw it to you guys. Do you think that this is something we should show or not? I would like your opinion on this issue. Some people think it's propaganda to do that and, uh, Hamas is trying to show that it's kind and humanitarian. <clears throat> but I'm I'm inclined to say it's it's not something we should probably show because there's no way in this case to know the truth. No matter what, it's it's manipulated, it's, it's controlled. And they're using that video for political and strategic purposes. So by running it, we are contributing to it. But it's out there. So how about this? Why don't I just say... We're not going to run it. If you want to see it, it's pretty easy to find. There is, um, there was a news conference with the one of the hostages' mothers, the uh, the young lady in the video, the hostage video. Her mom held a news conference and said that all she wants from world leaders is to bring her baby home. This is Karen Karen Shrem Karen Shem. And she is pleading for the release of her daughter, Mia. And Hamas has posted that video today. And she is about, uh, she's one of 199 hostages being held in Gaza. Let's, uh, let's give you this video of the mom at the news conference. Here we go. Hang on. She looks very terrified. She looks like she's in big pain. I didn't know she's dead or alive until yesterday. All I knew is that she is may might be kidnapped. Um I'm begging the world to bring my baby back home. She only went to a party, to a, 
festival party to have some fun. And now she's in Gaza. And we do have this live video coming in right now from Windsor, Ontario, where there is a protest happening. Take you to that. Here we go. We've got it. Not sure about the audio, but here's the video. Windsor, Ontario, Canada, live right now. And thank you, Leo, for letting me know this is running. We don't seem to have any audio, but this is live. Pretty orderly. Obviously a pro-Palestine demonstration. The Detroit skyline in the background. And that's on Riverside Drive. The Renaissance Center right there. Gain in Detroit in the background. And look at the size of that demonstration. That is one big crowd. Carrying the Palestinian flag. And again, I'm sorry there's no audio. I'm not sure why. It's up. There's just no audio coming through the feed. So, yeah. These demonstrations happening all over the world. And did you see the video of Lebanese protesters breaking into the United Nations headquarters in Beirut on Sunday. They smashed windows, ransacked offices after an Israeli airstrike apparently killed some people, about a dozen people in South Lebanon. Several thousand people uh, gathered outside the building in downtown Beirut chanting, death to Israel, death to America. We sacrifice our blood and souls for Lebanon. I have video of it. Bring that up. Here it is. Sai <laughs> 
And uh, the White House is saying that that video footage, that video released by Hamas of the hostage, they're calling it propaganda over proof of life. I think I have a clip here of uh, White House spokesman John Kirby. He's condemned that video. He said that uh, he doesn't put much stock into the video as evidence of how hostages are treated by Hamas. Let me see if I can get that clip up here for you. I believe I can. Here we go. John Kirby. Washington, D.C., but the president believes that this is exactly the right time uh, to go to Israel and to go to Jordan to, to, to speak to other leaders in the region uh, about the humanitarian assistance that we want to make sure gets into Gaza, about uh, Israeli plans and intentions going forward, how this uh, is unfolding on the ground, and absolutely uh, to continue to talk uh, to regional partners about those hostages and getting and see if we can getting them home, back to their families where they belong. They ought to know that, uh, that their loved ones uh, and civilian life writ large are going to be very, very high on the president's agenda uh, on this trip and will be represented in virtually every conversation that he has with Israeli uh, officials, including the prime minister, as well as President Sisi of Egypt, President Abbas of the Palestinian Authority, and certainly King Abdullah of Jordan. We all share concern here for the respect for civilian life, innocent life. Uh, we want to get those hostages home. That'll be very, very much top on, on his agenda. And that clip from the Hill. Um, and in addition, here's a, another twist on things. Uh, I just told you about the Million March for Children. I'm not sure where we're at with that now because this was, I'll bring up the, the flyer that I showed you previously. So this was sent to me just a short time before we went to, to air here tonight, came online. It says, Worldwide Stop the War on Children Rally, October 21st of this year. So coming up on the 21st. And this is for the event happening in my local town. But now it looks like maybe the whole thing is canceled. Let me show you this. So this has come in. There it is on the screen, canceled. Due to unforeseen circumstances and the plethora of Canadians consumed with the Palestinian conflict, we regret to inform you that the Million People March for Saturday, October 21st, that's this Saturday, will be canceled. Our team is committed to serving Canadians from coast to coast. We will be relentless and unapologetic in our role as Canada's most powerful movement, which has swept the nation and won the hearts of all parents and children. Together, we are truly one nation under God. So this is coming from Kamel El-Chelk, I can't pronounce his name, the chairman of Hands Off Our Kids. 
so I don't know if this is this is interesting. Because this is let kids be kids. Let me just take, bring up the other flyer. I'll try to get some clarification on this. You know, the, the first Million March for Children brought thousands and thousands of people out across the country. How many exactly? I have no way of knowing. But it was in every major city, cities all across the country. It was huge. So who's putting this on? This is millionmarchforchildren.com, family freedom. That's interesting. One million march for children. I'm going to go to this and see exactly what is that what that website is. That's interesting. Okay, hang on. March for children. There it is. Okay. Yeah. I'll bring the site up. Let me bring it up. So the date and everything is still up. 10-21-23 Worldwide Stop the War on Children Rally. three days, 14 hours. So the website still indicates it's happening, but you can see all the different cities holding marches. They're supposed to. But then now this cancellation notice and you see how bad information is, or the, the information war has become? I, I'm sitting here questioning whether this notice is actually real or not. It always makes me wonder now. Handsoffourkids.ca. Let's go to that one. Website. Aha. Okay. So at this site, a different website may be related to the other one. You get the cancellation notice right up front. Different organizations. Due to unforeseen circumstances. Yeah, we already read this. Well, isn't that interesting? And then below that, you can see everything going on. It shows just Canada with maple leaves wherever there's going to be one of these rallies. And there's protect parental rights. We are marching again from coast to coast. That's interesting. 
I do know they have you know, a number of different organizations involved because some of this happens, you know, a lot of this happens at the local level. So I don't know if this means that just that one demonstration has now been canceled or if it's all the demonstrations. I'm sure we'll find out hopefully by tomorrow. But certainly this one is canceled. Yeah, canceled, canceled. And where is this? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Here's Leo sending me another link. Just checking in on this other feed coming in here. Let's go back to this live. Thank you. 
people are there but that's a lot of people this is a city with a population of about 230,000 
behind the truck. Get off the sidewalk and stay on the road, please. Everyone, listen to the marshals. They're telling you everything to stay on the road, please. Free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. Justin Trudeau, don't you see? Justin Trudeau, don't you see? Justin Trudeau, don't you see? 
another dime. No money for Israel's crime. No money for Israel's crime. Justin Trudeau stops selling weapons to Israel for genocide. Bugs won't bring peace. Freedom will bring peace and the occupation for self-determination. Free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. Free, Still coming. live in Windsor, Ontario. Again, this is Windsor, Ontario. Free, 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 free
So this is, this feed's coming from Gary White. Three, three, 
there with the internet but we're still up
Okay, I'm just going to take just drop out of this for a moment. I want to show you this demonstration in Israel, which I think will surprise a lot of people. The size of it. Here it is here. Hang on. It's just going to take me a second to find this feed. Yeah, right there. Okay. Look at this. Look at this. Looks like a half a million people in the streets. BB is a murderer. That's what the people behind me are chanting. BB is a murderer so high here that people are blaming Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu for getting into this mess, for thinking about his own political situation for the past number of years, and not about protecting the citizens of the south of this country, not about increasing security, and not thinking about dealing with Hamas in any other way than just allowing them to exist and then, you know, bombing them, bombing them every once in a while. Um, that there has been no strategic plan. It's been keeping a status quo that is untenable. That's what these people have been complaining about. Okay, let's go back. We'll go back to uh, to Windsor. Yeah, the feed's still coming in. Here we go. Windsor, Ontario, Canada, live right now. Right there on the Riverside Drive waterfront, Fred River, Fred Skyline in the background. Let's go! 
people I, I can't count because I just I can't see the end of the crowd
on everyone. I know the emotions are high. It's a moment of silence. live feed of airstrikes out of Gaza. So this
Another explosion. Another one. Several there. And another one. 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 Another one. More. more just in the time we've been watching there is probably been 25 maybe 30 Okay, so this is obviously edited footage from earlier. And they've switched back to the live feed here. All right, let's pull out. Hang on, we'll take a quick break. I'll be right back.
Wow. That was a huge protest in, in Windsor. And you consider that that's a city of only 230,000 people. That's, that's a major, major protest. Oh my God. To clarify, too, I think that what we're looking at right there is not actual. I don't know if it's live or not. I think this is looped footage. And it's one of these channels that continuously streams looped footage over and over again. But those were airstrikes in Gaza. I can't tell you exactly when. But still worthwhile footage. Wow. That's crazy. All right, it's 8.18. I'm going to put the uh, phone lines into action here, I guess. We'll do that. Yeah. Call in and join the conversation tonight. Let me get this cracked up. And if you haven't called in before, please do. It would be really nice to get some new callers on the line tonight. Not to say that you can't call if you've called before. Always happy to hear from our Maverick Knights. Um, but yeah, we'd sure like to get some new people participating too. We had a few new people the other night. That was fantastic. And they were good calls too. Really good calls. Let's get this cranked up here. Almost ready. And I'm sure that people are going to have a lot to say tonight about all of this insanity. War. War. Senseless. Absolutely senseless. I tell you. So tired of it. Yeah, we should be ready to rock and roll. Okay, so we're going to put the number up on the screen here with this promo so you know how to call in. We're ready to rock and roll. Join the conversation. Call 1-833-975-3733. That's 1-833-975. Free. Speak up. Speak out. Make your voice heard. Maverick News. Fighting for freedom by defending your right to free speech. Be a Maverick. Join us.
Okay, some great live footage there tonight. And uh, thank you, Leo, for connecting us with that. And uh, to Gary White for shooting it. And you can support our work here at freedomreporters.com. That's freedomreporters.com. Or over at maverickdonations.com. Like, share, subscribe. You know the drill. Make sure you subscribe over on Rumble. We're growing like crazy over there. And again, donate at freedomreporters.com. If you like what we're doing and you want to support us, we need your help. No ads, no government money, no social media monetization, except for a little bit on Rumble. Doesn't amount to a whole lot, but you can donate over there on the Rumble channels um, through the Rumble rants as well. And I think we are ready to go to our first caller of the night. As soon as we get somebody in the queue, sometimes it takes a few minutes for everything to uh, to come online. But we are ready to rock and roll with phone calls. So let me get this up on the screen. And here's the number. One more time. 1-833-975-3733. 1-833-975-3733. Join now. Join off and call in and participate in the conversation. Exercise your right to free speech. We'll give it a few more minutes here. Is this actually running? No. Yes, it is. Okay. We're okay. So we're okay. All right. Let me take this break. When we come back, I think we'll be ready to go with our first callers. I'll be right back. The New World Order. Government overreach. The Great Reset. Mainstream media lies. Now more than ever, independent voices are needed. Donate now at freedomreporters.com. That's freedomreporters.com. Maverick News. The antivirus program for your mind. Okay, here I am. I'm back and almost ready. I see this. Uh, the calls are coming in now. Systems up and running, and we are ready to take our first call. Go ahead. You're on the air. Me? Uh, yes, you. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I turn off my computer not to make uh, interference. <laughs> yeah, do, who, who am I speaking with? I'm Danielle. Welcome. I'm from Quebec, so. Uh, well, it's great to hear from you. Uh, the Million March is canceled. I heard is. Are you, have you heard about that? Well, yes, I I did see that, and we had that up on the screen. But I see that there are multiple websites, different organizations involved. But yes, the that is the name of the main guy behind the whole. Things. So I'm assuming, but you know, don't take my word for it. If if other local things are going on this weekend, then that might still be the case. I just brought that up on the screen, and it looks like it's all canceled. But we'll need to we'll need to okay. get clarification and make sure 
that that's true. Okay. Well, uh, thank you very much, and uh, I really enjoy your your show. I've thank been you. watching for a few weeks now, and uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much for calling. I, I appreciate it. Very kind words. Truly appreciate that. Okay. Uh, bye, uh, Maverick Gang. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Take care. All right, you folks. Too. All right, see ya. And the phone number is one eight three three nine seven five. 3733. And I don't know if we have any updates on that bomb scare. Don't think so. I had a couple of other things queued up here for you, too. Uh, let me find those items. Man, we had so many things. As I say, you know, I, I think Israel is losing the PR battle on this, and they need to win it. If you don't have public support and the support for Israel falls apart, they are in deep, deep trouble. I mean, catastrophic. I don't know what would ultimately happen to Israel, it be, I think uh, no U.S. support, they're gone. They are gone. That's why, you know, it's, uh, they need, they need the public support. Oh, yeah. So Ukraine has used long-range missiles attack for the first time in a counteroffensive against Russia. Isn't it interesting how since the beginning of this war in Israel, we've had no real coverage of Ukraine, very little. It has just like fallen right off the radar, hasn't it? Fallen right off the radar. So, um, yeah, the U.S. shipped those attackums, those missiles, some time ago. Um, just in the last few weeks, and Biden promised Zelensky in a meeting last month that they would provide those missiles while well, they're there now. These have a range of 100 miles. They carry cluster munitions, deadly. Ukraine's special operation forces said in a uh, statement on Twitter or X today that they carried out a strike on Russian air bases in Luhansk. But they didn't really specify exactly what weapons until Zelensky, in his nightly address, thanked President Biden for the attackums. So that's what's going on in Ukraine. Still not over there either. That's still dragging on, but... 
as you can see, it's uh, not getting the attention that it once did. This is the new story for the news cycle. And man, the temperature is rising, isn't it? It sure is. And if that march goes ahead this weekend, and it looks like it might well still happen, um, I think you'll see even bigger crowds out on the streets, not just in Windsor, Ontario, but all across Canada in that million march for children. Because now the, the focus has changed. At least that's the case in the poster. The one poster I showed you now was stop the war on children, million march for children. And here it is. I'll bring it up again for you to see it. And hopefully we can get some clarification on exactly what the deal is here. Because it's confusing to see that this was, you know, this set was sent to me just a couple of hours before we came online tonight and went live. And then right after that, I see the cancellation notices sent. So here it is. Here's that poster. Bring it up. Worldwide Stop the War on Children Rally. Let kids be kids. So as I say, if this goes ahead, they're combining issues that really spark an emotional response. Volatile. It's an, a peace rally of sorts, I guess, but I don't know. Stop the war on children rally. Technically, I would say this is like still focused on parental rights, but the wording makes it pretty clear to me that what they're really doing is they're playing on the words to expand the appeal of this protest and try to pull a larger number of people in to participate. You know, I, I see exactly what they're doing, whether it's canceled or not. We'll try to find out. We still have, what, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then this is supposed to happen on Saturday. And this is a flyer for the local protest in my hometown. And because it's worldwide, these would be going on everywhere. And massive, massive turnout for the last one. All across Canada. Really, truly amazing. Well, folks, that gets us to 8.30 p.m. 8.32, actually. So what I'm going to do is wrap it up for the night. Thank you all for joining me here on the program. Let me bring this banner down and just remind you that, yes, you can support the show by donating at freedomreporters.com. Or you can also donate at maverickdonations.com. Like, share, subscribe. Make sure you subscribe over on Rumble. Hit that like button. Hit the notification bell if you do subscribe over on YouTube. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you. I really appreciate you spending the time here tonight with me. It's been an honor and a privilege as always. 
my fellow Mavericks. Catch you nights tomorrow night on the flip side, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This has been a Maverick Multimedia Productions.